Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel, and it's a special episode today. It's the first anniversary of this podcast series. That's right. 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication is one year old. I'm totally happy and proud and grateful to you for listening, for sharing, sending requests, and downloading episodes by the thousands and thousands. October is also Health Literacy Month, so I get to do our first episode of our second year about the topic that got me started in the health sector years ago, health literacy. Think of this as a crash course of sorts. This is a great episode to help you wrap your head around this field and pick a good place to start if you want to help your patients or your organization get going with improving health literacy. Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication with Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement. When I say health literacy, what does that mean to you? I asked four physicians this question, and I got four very different answers, and all of them were right. As health professionals, you care about health literacy. I know this because when I've done in-person talks, nothing has drawn more attention and put more butts in chairs than when I'm talking about health literacy. You want to help your patients with their health literacy. You want to feel prepared to do so. Again, I can say this because it's what providers tell me when I give these talks. When you want to help patients with their health literacy, where do you start? Health literacy is a large field. The research on health literacy covers a massive territory. So it's easy to get lost in the weeds, and I want to be helpful here. Namely, I aim to help you narrow your focus. Health literacy can mean quite a few different things. I think there's somewhere around 20 different definitions of health literacy. Now, to be clear, most of them agree in the main. Their differences tend to be fine-grained, but it is important to note that there are a few definitions that are based on some different core assumptions than the majority. Here, I'm offering some loose groupings or distinctions in health literacy, both research and practice, that have emerged in my reading of the field and talking with providers over the years. Distinctions you might find helpful if you're deciding where to start. My focus will be mainly on the clinical encounter, that's also where the majority of health literacy research is focused. You probably know by now that my background is in language, literacy, and education, so I'll do my best to avoid professional jargon. First, let's break down some terms. Literacy, the term literacy, has been used for decades to indicate a kind of familiarity with or a basic understanding of some topic. Terms like financial literacy, might indicate some level of familiarity with, say, personal finance, maybe some of how markets work. Environmental literacy might refer to basic knowledge about the water cycle, waste systems. Back in the day, if you had computer literacy, that meant you knew your way around a computer beyond just turning it on and off. This sense of familiarity or a basic level of understanding is part of what's denoted by the literacy in health literacy. Familiarity with what? I'll get to that in a minute. 
Literacy has also frequently been used to refer to a set of skills, competencies, or capacities. And the skill most often in question is reading. That's the case in health literacy as well. Can a patient read the information he or she is given? What attention are health systems paying to the construction of written documents? Where and how are images being used and to what effect? But clearly, these are important considerations, and the majority of health literacy research reflects this focus. But health literacy is not always about reading. Most providers I talk to are also concerned about talking with patients, and this too is part of health literacy. This is captured somewhat in the move toward plain language in clinical communication. Okay, so the literacy part denotes some level of familiarity and or some skill. But familiarity with what? Skills or competencies with what? (laughs) That's the health part. And I'm feeling brave today, you know, it's our first anniversary. So I'll take a deep breath and go there. (laughs) Join me, won't you? (sighs) Biomedical knowledge. There is a staggering range of biomedical subject areas that people are supposed to have some familiarity with or understanding of where health literacy is concerned. Think about things like medical knowledge, basic anatomy, various body systems, maybe what treatments mean, scientific knowledge, how medications work, how medical devices work maybe some basics on how lab research is conducted and reported, wellness and nutrition, sure, basic nutrition, maybe food systems, maybe how the body interacts with its environment, various ways of keeping yourself well. There's a lot there for people to have familiarity with when it comes to biomedical knowledge. There's also organizational knowledge. From the start, Even the earliest health literacy research has included individuals knowing something about healthcare systems. So, being familiar with the ways that organizations work is also part of what is assumed in an individual's health literacy. More recently, this has also begun to include familiarity with how health insurance works, and I am very glad to hear about the research in health literacy that's moving us toward modifications to the language used by insurance companies. But what does it mean to know these things? I want to make clear, there is much more at stake here than someone knowing the facts about any of those topics I just mentioned. Any level of understanding of a concept also means knowing even a little bit about the logic or the line of reasoning behind those facts. For example, why does it matter that the drug works this way in my body? Why do I go to a specialist before I come back to you? What is important about this that I should remember? Why is it important? That is, understanding includes having some access to the kind of thinking that is used by those in the know to link raw bits of data together. You could think of this as anything that would finish the sentence, well, it works this way because, 
This, too, is part of what is assumed in health literacy. Oh, then there's the specialized language involved. This gets a lot of the attention, right? Medical jargon, all that Greek and Latin. There's also the quirky names that pharmaceutical companies give their products. There's also those terms that have one meaning in everyday life and a different meaning in a specialized medical context. The words critical and orientation are two of my personal favorites. Health literacy research also explicitly involves all sorts of metacognitive processes, knowing what you know, knowing what you don't know, <laughs> knowing where to find out answers for what you don't know and how to judge its reliability when you do find it. Phew. But who are we talking about here? Patients. But you already knew that. <laughs> health literacy research is, overwhelmingly, about the health literacy that patients do or don't have. Increasingly, research is paying attention to some other folks, too. Patients' family members, friends, and community members. This is because the tide has turned from looking at health literacy exclusively as something happening in an individual's head towards something that happens between people. Though most research shares an underlying focus on health literacy as something an individual has, there has been attention to health literacy as something people do. Context has also been receiving some attention in health literacy research. From the start, the, the focus of health literacy has overwhelmingly been in what happens during the clinical encounter. What I think is exciting and super helpful is the research that's showing us there are other contexts for health literacy. For instance, there's loads of research on how individuals do health literacy skills when they're online in a web-based environment. There's studies on how people who share a common condition do health literacy. Some studies take a look at educational environments and what they might have to do with people's health literacy. I think this is exciting because taken together, these help us see how much context matters in health literacy. Who you are, where you're at, who's around you. These factors matter. Again, I'm making some general statements based on the questions I've received, the many conversations I've had, and the research I've been spending some quality time with over the years. My purpose here is to help you narrow your focus and pick a manageable starting place for yourself. Or your organization. Which one of these areas is emerging as a concern where you are? What does it make sense for you to prioritize based on your context and on those you serve? Even with all of this, health literacy is a new field. It's made quick advances, and it has a long way to go yet to fulfill the great promises these lines of research hold. Now, I'm a fan of yours, and of health literacy, if that's not already obvious. So I'm especially interested in supporting the work you do around health literacy, wherever you choose to start. Reach out to me at healthcommunicationpartners.com. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. I'd love to help you with your health literacy. And this is the first anniversary of 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. 
find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.